O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Blessed be the name of the glory of His kingdom forever and ever. Amen. Good morning, Mishpacha. Welcome to the Daily Audio Torah. I'm Laura Densmore, your host, and I'm so glad you're joining in with me today. Today is Sunday, July 11th. I'd like to make a very special announcement. The nation's 9th of Av prayer event is coming on July 17th, sundown through July 18th. Mark your calendar. The 9th of Av this year is Saturday sundown, July 17th through Sunday sundown, July the 18th. The 9th of Av is one of the most solemn and mournful days of Jewish history. It marks the destruction of both the first and second temples, the day the Jews were expelled from England and Spain, the start of the Crusades, and many other tragedies. For the Jewish community, this day is one of fasting and prayer. Join us as we join in with the Jewish people to pray for the future redemption of Israel. Join us as we join in with the Jewish people to pray for the future redemption of Israel. Is it possible that this day could be turned around from a day of mourning and sorrow and grief to a day of rejoicing? Zechariah 8, verses 19 through 23, prophesies that this is the case. As it is written, Thus says the Lord of hosts, The fast of the fourth month, the fast of the fifth, the fast of the seventh, and the fast of the tenth shall be joy and gladness and cheerful feasts for the house of Judah. Therefore, love truth and peace. Thus says Yahweh Saveot, Peoples shall yet come, inhabitants of many cities. The inhabitants of one city shall go to another, saying, Let us continue to go and pray before the Lord, and seek the Lord of hosts, Yahweh Saveot. I myself will go also. Yes, many peoples and strong nations shall come to seek the Lord of hosts in Jerusalem and to pray before the Lord. Thus says the Lord of hosts, In those days ten men from every language of the nation shall grasp the sleeve of a Jewish man, saying, Let us go with you, for we have heard that God is with you. Three years ago, on the ninth of Av, there was an assembly of about a hundred different Christian believers from all different nations who went to Jerusalem on the ninth of Av to commemorate this day and to spend the day in fasting, in mourning, and in repentance prayer. So verse 22 was literally fulfilled. Many peoples and strong nations did come to seek the Lord of hosts in Jerusalem and to pray before the Lord, and not just on any random day, but on a significant day on the ninth of Av. And so I invite you to to join in with us. To find out more, go to the website 9, the number 9, dash, 
9-av.com. That website again is the number 9-av.com. And then once you're there on the website, click on the navigation menu item that says prayer event. 9-av.com and then click on prayer event and sign up for the pre the free prayer event that will be happening July 17th and 18th, followed up by live streaming programming from our Jewish friends in Israel. Now let's continue our journey through the entire Bible in one year. This week we are reading from the New Living Translation for the Hebrew Scriptures and for the Brit Hadashah. Today we begin a new Torah portion, Devarim, and it means words. Deuteronomy 1, 1-15 These are the words that Moses spoke to all the people of Israel while they were in the wilderness east of the Jordan River. They were camped in the Jordan Valley near Suf, between Paran on one side and Tophel, Laban, Hazaroth, and Dai-Zahab on the other. Normally it takes only eleven days to travel from Mount Sinai to Kadesh Barnea, going by way of Mount Seir. But forty years after the Israelites left Egypt, on the first day of the eleventh month, Moses addressed the people of Israel, telling them everything the Lord had commanded him to say. This took place after he had defeated King Sihon of the Amorites, who had ruled in Heshbon, and King Og of Bashan, who had ruled in Ashtaroth and Edrei. While the Israelites were in the land of Moab, east of the Jordan River, Moses carefully explained the Lord's instructions as follows. When we were at Mount Sinai, the Lord our God said to us, You have stayed at this mountain long enough. It is time to break camp and move on. Go to the hill country of the Amorites and to all the neighboring regions, the Jordan Valley, the hill country, the western foothills, the Negev, and the coastal plain. Go to the land of the Canaanites and to Lebanon and all the way to the great Euphrates River. Look, I am giving all this land to you. Go in and occupy it, for it is the land the Lord swore to give to your ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and to all their descendants. Moses continued, At that time I told you, you are too great a burden for me to carry all by myself. The Lord your God has increased your population, making you as numerous as the stars. And may the Lord, the God of your ancestors, multiply you a thousand times more and bless you as he promised. But you are such a heavy load to carry. How can I deal with all your problems and bickering? Choose some well-respected men from each tribe who are known for their wisdom and understanding, and I will appoint them as your leaders. Then you responded, Your plan is a good one. So I took the wise and respected men you had selected from your tribes and appointed them to serve as judges and officials over you. Some were responsible for a thousand people, some for a hundred, some for fifty, and some for ten. First Chronicles 11.1-12.18 David becomes king of all Israel. Then all Israel gathered before David at Hebron and told him, We are your own flesh and blood. In the past, even when Saul was king, you were the one who really led the forces of Israel. And the Lord your God told you, You will be the shepherd of my people Israel. You will be the leader of my people Israel. 
So there at Hebron David made a covenant before the Lord with all the elders of Israel, and they anointed him king of Israel, just as the Lord had promised through Samuel. Then David and all Israel went to Jerusalem, or Jebus as it used to be called, where the Jebusites, the original inhabitants of the land, were living. The people of Jebus taunted David, saying, You'll never get in here. But David captured the fortress of Zion, which is now called the city of David. David had said to his troops, Whoever is first to attack the Jebusites will become the commander of my armies. And Joab, the son of David's sister Zariah, was first to attack, so he became the commander of David's armies. David made the fortress his home, and that is why it is called the city of David. He extended the city from the supporting terraces to the surrounding area, while Joab rebuilt the rest of Jerusalem. And David became more and more powerful, because the Lord of Heaven's armies, Yahweh Savayot, was with him. These are the leaders of David's mighty warriors. Together with all Israel, they decided to make David their king, just as the Lord had promised concerning Israel. Here is the record of David's mightiest warriors. The first was Jashobeam, the Hakmonite, who was the leader of the three, the mightiest warriors among David's men. He once used his spear to kill three hundred enemy warriors in a single battle. Next in rank among the three was Eleazar, son of Dodai, a descendant of Ahoah. He was with David in the battle against the Philistines at Pas Damim. The battle took place in a field full of barley, and the Israelite army fled. But Eleazar and David held their ground in the middle of the field and beat back the Philistines. So the Lord saved them by giving them a great victory. Once when David was at the rock near the cave of Adullam, the Philistine army was camped in the valley of Rephaim. The three, who were among the thirty, an elite group among David's fighting men, went down to meet him there. David was staying in the stronghold at the time, and a Philistine detachment had occupied the town of Bethlehem. David remarked longingly to his men, Oh, how I would love some of that good water from the well by the gate in Bethlehem. So the three broke through the Philistine lines, drew some water from the well by the gate in Bethlehem, and brought it back to David. But David refused to drink it. Instead, he poured it out as an offering to Yahweh. God forbid that I should drink this, he exclaimed. This water is as precious as the blood of these men who risked their lives to bring it to me. So David did not drink it. These are examples of the exploits of the three. Abishai, the brother of Joab, was the leader of the thirty. He once used his spear to kill three hundred enemy warriors in a single battle. It was by such feats that he became as famous as the three. Abishai was the most famous of the thirty and was their commander, though he was not one of the three. There was also Benaiah, son of Jehoiada, a valiant warrior from Kabzeel. He did many heroic deeds, which included killing two champions of Moab. Another time, on a snowy day, he chased a lion down into a pit and killed it. Once, 
Armed only with a club, he killed an Egyptian warrior who was seven and a half feet tall and whose spear was as thick as a weaver's beam. Benaiah wrenched the spear from the Egyptian's hand and killed him with it. Deeds like these made Benaiah as famous as the three mightiest warriors. He was more honored than the other members of the thirty, though he was not one of the three. And David made him captain of his bodyguard. David's mighty warriors also included Asahel, Joab's brother, Elhanan, son of Dodo from Bethlehem, Shammah from Harad, Helez from Pelon, Ira, son of Ikesh from Tekoa, Abiezar from Anathoth, Sibakai from Husha, Zalman from Ahoa, Maharai from Netopha, Heled, son of Bena from Netopha, Ithai, son of Ribai from Gabeah in the land of Benjamin, Benaiah from Pirathon, Hurai from near Nahali Gaash, Abi Alban from Araba, Asmaveth from Bahurim, Eliaba from Shalban, the sons of Jashan from Gizon, Jonathan, son of Shagi from Harar, Ahiam, son of Sharar from Harar, Eliphal, son of Ur, Hefer from Mekorah, Ahijah from Pelon, Hezro from Carmel, Parai, son of Ezbi, Joel, the brother of Nathan, Mibhar, son of Hagri, Zelek from Ammon, Naharai from Bira, Joab's armor-bearer, Ira from Jatir, Gareb from Jatir, Uriah the Hittite, Zabad, son of Allah, Adina, son of Sheza, the Reubenite leader who had thirty men with him, Hanan, son of Makkah, Joshaphat from Mithna, Uzziah from Ashtaroth, Shammah and Jeel, the sons of Hotham from Aror, Jediel, son of Shimri, Joha, his son, his brother from Tiz, Eliel from Mahava, Jerabai and Joshaviah, the sons of Elniam, Ithma from Moab, Eliel and Abed, Jasiel from Zobah. The following men joined David at Ziglag while he was hiding from Saul, son of Kish. They were among the warriors who fought beside David in battle. All of them were expert archers, and they could shoot arrows or sling stones with their left hand as well as their right. They were all relatives of Saul from the tribe of Benjamin. Their leader was Ahiezer, son of Shemei, from Gibeah. His brother Joash was second in command. These were the other warriors, Jeziel and Pelet, sons of Asmaveth, Baraka, Jehu from Anathoth, Ishmael from Gibeon, a famous warrior and leader among the thirty, Jeremiah, Jehaziel, Johanan, and Jozabad from Jedorah, Elozai, Jeremoth, Beliah, Shemariah, and Shephatiah from Haruf, Elkanah, Ishia, Azarel, Joezer, and Jashobim, who were Korahites, Joela and Zebediah, sons of Jeroham from Gedor. Some brave and experienced warriors from the tribe of Gad also defected to David while he was at the stronghold in the wilderness. They were expert with both shield and spear, as fierce as lions and as swift as deer on the mountains. Ezer was their leader, Obadiah was second, Eliab was third. Mishmana was fourth, Jeremiah was fifth, Atai was sixth, Eliel was seventh, Johanan was eighth, Elzabad was ninth, Jeremiah was tenth, 
Machmanai was 11th. These warriors from Gad were army commanders. The weakest among them could take on a hundred regular troops, and the strongest could take on a thousand. These were the men who crossed the Jordan River during its seasonal flooding at the beginning of the year and drove out all the people living in the lowlands on both the east and west banks. Others from Benjamin and Judah came to David at the stronghold. David went out to meet them and said, If you have come in peace to help me, we are friends. But if you have come to betray me to my enemies when I am innocent, then may the God of our ancestors see it and punish you. Then the Spirit came upon Amasai, the leader of the thirty, and he said, We are yours, David. We are on your side, son of Jesse. Peace and prosperity be with you, and success to all who help you, for your God is the one who helps you. So David let them join him, and he made them officers over his troops. Acts 28, 1-31 Once we, Luke, Paul, and their companions, were safe on shore, we learned that we were on the island of Malta. The people of the island were very kind to us. It was cold and rainy, so they built a fire on the shores to welcome us. As Paul gathered an armful of sticks and was laying them on the fire, a poisonous snake, driven out by the heat, bit him on the hand. The people of the island saw it hanging from his hand and said to each other, A murderer, no doubt. Though he escaped the sea, justice will not permit him to live. But Paul shook off the snake into the fire and was unharmed. The people waited for him to swell up or suddenly drop dead. But when they had waited a long time and saw that he wasn't harmed, they changed their minds and decided he was a god. Near the shore where we landed was an estate belonging to Publius, the chief official of the island. He welcomed us and treated us kindly for three days. As it happened, Publius's father was ill with fever and dysentery. Paul went in and prayed for him, and laying his hands on him, he healed him. Then all the other sick people on the island came and were healed. As a result, we were showered with honors, and when the time came to sail, people supplied us with everything we would need for the trip. It was three months after the shipwreck that we set sail on another ship that had wintered up the island an Alexandrian ship with the twin gods as its figurehead. Our first stop was Syracuse, where we stayed three days. From there we sailed across to Regium. A day later a south wind began blowing, so the following day we sailed up the coast to Petulio. There we found some believers who invited us to spend a week with them. And so we came to Rome. The brothers and sisters in Rome had heard that we were coming, and they came to meet us at the Forum on the Appian Way. Others joined us at the three taverns. When Paul saw them, he was encouraged and thanked God. When we arrived in Rome, Paul was permitted to have his own private lodging, though he was guarded by a soldier. Three days after Paul's arrival, he called together the local Jewish leaders. He said to them, Brothers, I was arrested in Jerusalem and handed over to the Roman government, even though I had done nothing against our people or the customs of our ancestors. The Romans tried me and wanted to release me because they found no cause for the death sentence. 
But when the Jewish leaders protested the decision, I felt it necessary to appeal to Caesar, even though I had no desire to press charges against my own people. I asked to come here today so we could get acquainted, and so I could explain to you that I am bound with this chain, because I believe that the hope of Israel, the Messiah, has already come. They replied, We have had no letters from Judea or reports against you from anyone who has come here. But we want to hear what you believe, for the only thing we know about this movement is that it is denounced everywhere. So a time was set, and on that day a large number of people came to Paul's lodging. He explained and testified about the kingdom of God and tried to persuade them about Yeshua from the scriptures. Using the Torah of Moses and the books of the prophets, he spoke to them from morning until evening. Some were persuaded by the things he said, but others did not believe. And after they had argued back and forth among themselves, they left with this final word from Paul. The Holy Spirit was right when he said to your ancestors through Isaiah the prophet, Go and say to this people, When you hear what I say, you will not understand. When you see what I do, you will not comprehend. For the hearts of these people are hardened, and their ears cannot hear, and they have closed their eyes. So their eyes cannot see, and their ears cannot hear, and their hearts cannot understand, and they cannot turn to me and let me heal them. So I want you to know that this salvation from God has also been offered to the Gentiles, and they will accept it. For the next two years, Paul lived in Rome at his own expense. He welcomed all who visited him, boldly proclaiming the kingdom of God and teaching about the Lord Yeshua HaMashiach, and no one tried to stop him. Psalm 9, 1-12 I will praise you, Yahweh, with all my heart. I will tell of all the marvelous things you have done. I will be filled with joy because of you. I will sing praises to your name, O Most High. My enemies retreated, they staggered and died when you appeared. For you have judged in my favor. From your throne you have judged with fairness. You have rebuked the nations and destroyed the wicked. You have erased their names forever. The enemy is finished in endless ruins. The cities you uprooted are now forgotten. But the Lord reigns forever, executing judgment from his throne. He will judge the world with justice and rule the nations with fairness. The Lord is a shelter for the oppressed, a refuge in times of trouble. Those who know your name trust in you. For you, O Yahweh, do not abandon those who search for you. Sing praises to Yahweh who reigns in Jerusalem. Tell the world about his unforgettable deeds. For he who avenges murder cares for the helpless. He does not ignore the cries of those who suffer. Proverbs 19, 1-3 Better to be poor and honest than to be dishonest and a fool. Enthusiasm without knowledge is no good. Haste makes mistakes. People ruin their lives by their own foolishness, and then they are angry at the Lord.
Today I want to speak to you from the book of Acts, chapter 28. And in this chapter we see that the ship has foundered, and the people on board the ship with Paul are able to make it to an island where they are welcomed. And this island is the island of Malta. The people of the island were very kind to us. It was cold and rainy, so they built a fire on the shore to welcome us. So Malta showed hospitality and friendship to Paul and to all those that were with him on this boat. Now here's an interesting fact. There are quite a few listeners who listen to Daily Audio Torah from Malta, particularly from the town of Birkirkara. Malta. I'm not sure if I pronounced that right. I had to go look on the world map to see where is Malta exactly. So Malta is in the Mediterranean Sea and it is south of Sicily and northeast of Tunisia. It has a craggy coast, lots of beautiful beaches, lots of history, and is one of Europe's smallest countries. Calypso Cave is said to be the cave that Homer wrote about in the Odyssey. There are three islands of Malta, Gozo, Comino, and Malta, the country that sits about 50 miles south of Sicily. Medina, the nation's old walled capital, only allows cars of residence on its roads. It is a walker's paradise, beautiful places to walk along the beach. Valletta is the current capital and is one of the most concentrated historical areas in the world. Malta was the 48th happiest country on earth, according to a 2013 UN report. For those keeping score, the U.S. was 17th. So I'm looking at some pictures of Malta, and the island is absolutely stunningly beautiful with rock, scapes, along the seashore that are just absolutely gorgeous. Pirates of the Caribbean and a number of other movies have been filmed in Malta because of the beauty of this place. So a big shout out and a hello and a greetings and warm wishes to the Malta listeners from daily, um, who listen to Daily Audio Torah. And I would love to hear from you. You can reach me at bridgeconnector at startmail.com. That's bridge connector, C-O-N-N-E-C-T-O-R, at startmail.com. Would love to hear from you. Let's continue on in the scriptures. And so after they leave Malta, Paul continues on to Rome, and there he is at citizen's arrest. He's able to live in his own private lodging, and he's guarded by a soldier. And then he gives a message. A large number of people came to Paul's lodging. He explained and testified about the kingdom of God and tried to persuade them about Yeshua from the scriptures. I'm in verse 24. Using the Torah of Moses and the books of the prophets, he spoke to them from morning until evening. Now let me just unpack that for you a little bit. At this time... None of the New Testament has yet been written. And so Paul is opening up the Hebrew scriptures or the Old Testament and revealing Yeshua to the people because he's there. He's hidden 
but he's there in the Old Testament, in the Torah, the first five books, in the prophets, in the Psalms. And so Paul is unpacking that for them and showing them that Yeshua is there in the Hebrew scriptures. And so some were persuaded, but others were not. They did not believe. And then he goes on and he quotes from Isaiah the prophet. And Paul says, The Holy Spirit was right when he said to your ancestors through Isaiah the prophet, Go and say to this people, When you hear what I say, you will not understand. When you see what I do, you will not comprehend. For the hearts of these people are hardened, and their ears cannot hear, and they have closed their eyes. So their eyes cannot see, their ears cannot hear, and their hearts cannot understand, and they cannot turn to me and let me heal them. So that is so truth, truthful. And you probably know people in your life that you love and care about. That, that are in that condition, that spiritual condition, where they have a hardened heart. They have eyes, but they don't see. They have ears, but they don't hear. They have a heart, but they don't understand. And their heart is hardened. And so, how do you, what do you do about that? Especially if it's a family member, someone you love, a son, a daughter, a husband, a wife, a brother, a sister. Well, we can pray and ask the Lord to soften their heart, to tenderize their heart, to set up circumstances in their life so that they will cry out to you. And sometimes the only time that a person will cry out to the Lord is when they're under great duress, when they're going through great tribulation, when life is comfortable and all is good. Who needs the Lord, right? That's what a person in the world thinks. We desperately need him. And so sometimes, I know that's true for me, I came to the Lord many, many years ago, but I was so broken. I was devastated. It was like a nuclear bomb had gone off in the landscape of my life. And I was utterly devastated. And I came to him in great brokenness. And so over the years, he's done so much work to repair and restore and heal me. But I cling to him because I never want to go back to living life without Yeshua. He is someone I want to cling to like a barnacle clings to a rock. So, Heavenly Father, we lift up those in our lives that we love, that are far from you, whose eyes are they see, but they don't understand. They have ears, but they don't hear, and they have a heart, but they don't understand. And, Father, we pray that you will work in their hearts that you will open their eyes of understanding, that you will open their ears, that they would hear the truth, and that you would pierce and penetrate through any veil of deception, and that you will order circumstances in their lives so that they will cry out to you. Abba, we want our loved ones to come to know you, to come into the kingdom of God, to walk in the light and in the truth of the Torah, and to have relationship with Yeshua to have the Holy Spirit dwelling within them. So, Abba, we lift them up to you, and we pray that you would do a work. We, we bring them to the throne, and we ask, Abba, that you would do a great work in their hearts, and that at the right time that you would open up a door for us to be able to share the good news, the gospel of Yeshua, the good news, that we can be forgiven of our sins if we repent.
and we can live in eternity and have everlasting life and have a right relationship with God the Father through His Son, Yeshua. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your spirit. In Yeshua's name, Amen. Adonai Vish Mareka Yaya Adonai Anavilaka Vikuneka Isa Adonai Anav Eleka Vayaseh Leka Leka The Aaronic Blessing from Numbers chapter 6, 24-26 Adonai bless you and keep you. Adonai make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. Adonai lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.